Hey, Billy. Hey, Billy. Well, you know it's not frozen. The fan's moving behind you. <laughs> yeah. You can't fake your way out of this one. He can't hear us. There it is. Can hey. You hear me? Yeah. This could go horribly wrong. Yeah, so we've had a, a good several weeks off the podcast since the uh, since the Christmas holiday. Wait, I'm sorry, I forgot we're not allowed to say Christmas anymore. But uh, this is our our, <laughs> our our first week back in 2021. And uh, so, so how are you guys? Tired. I am <sighs> dead. Yeah. It's just been a really, it's just been a really boring week, you know. Nothing's really going on. Yeah. yeah. The whole world hasn't changed or anything. It's just been. So, what do y'all think of that inauguration? It uh, short. It lacked. Happen. It lacked the uh, the sense of impending doom that we became accustomed to following yeah. the. the the, the 2016 election. Well, as I, as I typically do, I've been seeing what the other side has to say about um, Biden and the new administration. And it's really funny because, you know, we've spent the last four years pretty much um, kicking Trump in the, in the midsection the last four years. And, uh, um, Every, you know, everybody who says he's your president, you should respect him, blah, blah, blah. That's all just completely flown out of the window already. Yeah. Um, I have already seen people saying not my president. Yeah. Well, I've seen that, but also I've seen people saying, uh, um, you know, that he's he's already unfit for office or he's already um, this or that or he's already making terrible decisions. You know, the one person on my screen who had a right to say anything was somebody who works in the oil field and his job was affected by this Keystone decision. He's allowed to say something about the president. Everybody else, give him a damn week or something, you know? The other so, guy, I was like, yeah, okay, I understand. You didn't like the guy and now you may lose your job. That's a legitimate gripe. Carry on, sir. But, you know, everybody else... Good Lord. <laughs> Just so one lady's and, uh, already filed uh, impeachment, right? Yeah. That Marjorie Green lady. The uh, the totally normal Congress person from Georgia. Yeah. Good for her. Do you guys think that's going to go anywhere? <laughs> no. So, so I, I think. I think inauguration went went really well. I think they hit all the right notes. I think, I think Biden's speech was great. I think um, the way they did inauguration this this time with, uh, you know, without the crowds. Although Trump can say he had a larger crowd at his inauguration, he oh, did win he... that one. Um, but uh, but no, I I think it all went really well. We watched what? a lot of it. We watched the main parts of it anyway. And uh, yeah, I mean, so far so good. And 
you know, he's kind of hit the ground running. He's got, uh, he's already making, you know, big decisions and, and Trump did the same thing, you know? So, um, but I, I like that Wouldn't he's overturning if... a lot of things that, that Trump did that, uh, you know, that he felt were, were hurting our country. And so far, so good. He's keeping up with his promises so far. Wouldn't it be funny if Biden was like, I had more flags at my inauguration than anyone ever. <laughs> Would he have like a million flags out there or something? I also like uh, that his press secretary made it a point on her first day to say that uh, the media is important and um, the media will be treated with respect because, um, you know, not, the three of us aren't Washington correspondents and we aren't, um, you know, part of that, but we are part of the media and even on the local level, um, you're so easily dismissed with the word fake news or member of the media, the liberal media. And, uh, you know, when your president's doing the same thing, it's, you got somebody big backing you up to make those statements. And now that uh, it seems this administration will uh, treat media with more respect and, you know, hopefully that trickles down, I'm not saying, you know, we'll always be will always be the liberal media, I guess, to some people, but, uh, you know, at least we won't be, um, you know, just dragged through the mud. Officially. <laughs> yeah. I think that will continue to happen. Well, it will continue to happen, but, you know, the, the biggest cheerleader of it all no longer really has a say. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, so uh we we haven't spoken since the capital siege, have we? We have not. That was a that was a hell of a thing to watch, wasn't it? <laughs> it really wow. was. And were you guys like me and like you didn't really understand what was happening until suddenly you're like, "Oh, this is really, you know, like they had the protests out there. You knew that they were going to be out there in numbers. You knew this and that. And then they started going up to the doors. And you're like, well, you know, I, I kind of expected that. But then it just got, it really escalated, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it like, did. I, I don't typically watch that stuff as it's unfolding. But I had a bet on how many senators would object to the count. And I was stuck in my office because my car was in the shop. I had no way to get anywhere. So I said, well, I'm going to pull this up and see how many senators object in real time. And as I was watching, you know, that little, there was a little inset at the bottom showing the fights between the, um, the insurrectionists and the Capitol Police. And then it was, you know, the big screen was showing the, uh, the action in the, the House and the Senate. And then it flipped and the house and the Senate was in the inset. And the, the main coverage was all these people storming the Capitol. And then all of a sudden the, um, the footage from inside the chambers was just gone. And I was like, Oh, Oh, they're they're not in there anymore. (laughs) This is happening. And and it really, you know, everything we saw were, was from the network coverage. You really didn't see the real footage until the next day, maybe a couple of days later, where just really how violent and 
and idiotic the whole thing was it um i can't get enough of that footage because i can't get enough of of watching grown men act like children <laughs> dangerous children but still children and it was uh you know it all got real I, I don't know if you guys saw the the footage of the woman getting shot in there it's terrible footage it's horrifying yeah. but um but it's out there and i and i watched it and i can't imagine you know there were a lot of men a lot of women around her when she started walking or i guess climbing through that window and then you hear a gunshot and she falls backwards. And then all of a sudden everybody just kind of froze. And I can't imagine what was going through everybody's mind there, just how kind of real it got at that moment for a lot of people. But um, uh, yeah, it, it kind of, you know, there, there's certain events in our lives where you're, you're glued to the TV throughout the day. And that was certainly one of them for me. Yeah. And me. just dumbstruck and all, well. all of it. I couldn't believe it was happening. Yeah. And um, I was texting my wife who was at work and i said are you seeing this and she said seeing what and i said they're storming the capitol she's like you for real and i mean it wasn't even it wasn't even over before people were saying on twitter and in real life that look at what those antifas are doing oh yeah yeah and yeah. that's that's still a thing and and here we are weeks later and all these people told on themselves. They they posted it to yeah. Facebook and and yeah. Parler and whatever else, saying, "Hey, we're doing this. We're Trump people. We're doing this." And there's still folks out there that were like, "Well, it's actually Antifa." Yeah, they're <laughs> just they're just acting. And then, well, you know, they <laughs> they've kept the charade up for years. <laughs> they're really into this. Yeah. As you said, Billy, and, you know, this is was a crazy event, and sometimes the only way to make sense of it is to make some light of it. You said, I think, that day, you said in, in one day, um, we got a lot of great memes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think my favorite thing to come out of it was the lady who uh, said she got maced. Yeah, they turned yeah. it into a song. Or something. Yeah, they 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 plugged it into the Animaniacs theme. Yes, <laughs> that was that was uh, that's probably leading contender for best thing I've seen in 2021. Yeah, they threw me to Ed Bernie. I guess Bernie's. Boy, that Bernie meme burned hot and fast. Yeah, it's uh... it did, yeah. When you're when you see churches start doing it, you know it's 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 outlived. It's, it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not anything bad about churches, but they're always the last to jump onto a trend like that. <laughs> well, or your parents, and yeah. I I don't know what it says about um, the acceptance of a political figure like Bernie Sanders and. Maybe it's because it's so comedic and regardless of your politics, his personality is so grumpy that putting him in those situations is funny. But, but yeah, I think that the, uh, the Bernie meme thing kind of peaked about. Yeah. Was it's so not even been a, 48 hours. Or CN- no. Yeah. It peaked <laughs> about an hour. C- 16, CNN interview with him. So there was a CNN interview where he was like, like it was like right after it happened and it started going viral 
And the lady was like, oh, Bernie, you know, like being all funny with him. And he was like, I want to talk about the health care. He didn't really want to yeah. talk about the <laughs> right. pain. Oh, he was so <laughs> and you know that one of his people like got to him and was like, hey, man, you should like be cool about this. Yeah, <laughs> le- le- lean into because it. Because now his interviews. Yeah, because inter- his interviews now are like jovial, you know. But so we're only... My communications director had to inform me that a meme is a picture with words on it. Okay, hey, uh, so this is John. I don't normally do these uh, introductions because I don't speak the King's English, as Gordon would say, but um, today we have Jamie Osborne with us. She's the outdoor education specialist at San Lee uh, Park, is what I call it. Is that correct? Jamie? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met Jamie out at the uh, the owl release for uh, from Holly's Nest. A few, I guess that was probably December, huh? That was actually yeah. a month ago now. So. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was pretty pretty cool and had, had a cool job. So I thought we'd bring her on and just kind of talk to her about what's going on at the park. So welcome, Jamie. Thank you. I, I agree. I think I have a pretty cool job. Uh, and um, my I have like, two kids and my kids think it's pretty cool too. My daughter asks me every day, mommy, can I go to work with you? Do I have to go to school? And she's four. I'm like, <sighs> no, you have to go to school. <laughs> How do you um how do you end up in a job like that? Was it something that you set out to do to be, you know, working in a, with animals in an outdoor facility, or um, did you just kind of end up in it? How does that work? Uh, a combination of two things. Um, so I went to East Carolina University. All Go right. Pirates! Pirates. Um, and I studied rec- I was in the recreation and leisure studies program and in which has been renamed it's now something else uh and i studied outdoor recreation there and from that that was my concentration was outdoor recreation and from there i did my internship with haw river state park and that's how i got introduced to the environmental education world and i fell in love with it uh i when i was younger i always thought i knew i was wanted to be a teacher so I'm not a traditional teacher but I am still an informal educator and I love that so much I think I I think I don't know if I could be in a classroom with the same kids every day so I I really enjoy that I get to see a bunch of different groups um pre-COVID I got to see a bunch of different groups um and so I so you know, that's how I landed in the environmental education field. My first real full-time job after I graduated college was with Fayetteville Parks and Recreation. I was an assistant rec center supervisor, and that's where I was able to develop a lot of my administration skills. And I spent 13 months there. And my former boss is the one that actually told me when my current position opened up, she was like, Jamie, did you see this? They're looking for an outdoor education specialist. And I think, you know, this is right up your alley. So I interviewed with John Payne, actually, um, yeah. it, 10, 10 in 
six days, 10, 11 years ago, I interviewed with John Payne. Wow. And um, I started with Lee County Parks and Recreation February 23rd, 2010. And they haven't been able to get rid of me since. <laughs> well, it sounds like a pretty cool job if you've hung on to it that long. Um, and you mentioned giving tours before, you know, before COVID, obviously. But what sorts of things do you talk about on those on those tours? So we, if um, our if a school group is coming to Sandley Park for a field trip and we offer field trips um, from really, I mean, we've even had daycares come out before, uh, mm -hmm. but elementary school is definitely our largest population. So we offer programs and they're curriculum based kindergarten through fifth grade is uh, what we've, and we've done, we've done middle school and we've done high school, but, but definitely kindergarten through fifth grade is our biggest population. And um, every group that comes out, whether it's 20 kids or 120 kids, they all get a live animal program to start with. I let the teachers pick two animals um, and they can pick uh, between a non-venomous snake, a box turtle, frogs, and our Eastern gray squirrel, if he is in a good mood. Uh, if they ever pick the Eastern gray squirrel, I always tell them, pick a backup because if he's not in a good mood, that if I can't get him in his ferret cage. If he's not in a good mood, then I gotta go something else. Right, um, right. So they pick two animals. We do the live animal program all together at once. And then they break back into their classes and they rotate around to, they get one staff led activity. So um, when, when I say staff led, I mean, my myself or I also have an outdoor education programmer so it's either myself or the programmer we lead a, the, and that's the big curriculum based activity that they do um, and then there is a teacher-led activity uh, they get to tour and so the teachers can pick if they want to do a hike or if they just want to play on the playground or um, you know we've got different at different different things that, can, that they can choose from um and they can tour the nature center um and that's a self that's a self tour um self-guided mm -hmm. tour because we don't you know there's only there's only two of us uh, right and so we do we do what we can uh and then we also give them time in our we do have an, a classroom and so they have some time in the classroom as well so i'll have i'll have one class in the nature center while one class is in the classroom. And then after about 15, you know, 15 minutes, they will flip flop. Um, and, uh, and again, like they can choose what they want to do when they have their classroom time. I have some that they're like our kids, you know, they're in first grade, they're in kindergarten, they need a snack break. So uh -huh. I'm like, eat snack when you're in the classroom, there's a kitchen, there's a sink right there, they can wash their hands. Um, you know, so sometimes they eat some the older the older groups. They're like, oh yeah, no, they can they can make it till twelve o'clock for lunch. So they'll do an activity that we'll have set up in there. Um, and then and like I said, that now the the staff led activities, um, yeah, those are those are curriculum based. So you know, our kindergartners they're learning about how animals are the same but different. How you know, yes, there are dogs, but within dogs, you've got Labradors, you've got German shepherds, you have poodles, you have dachshunds. So we focus on fish. We teach them about, we give um, five different fish and then we, those five fish, we have them, like we have drawings of them that are cut up, head, body, tail, and mm -hmm. the kids get to pick. I want a 
largemouth bass head with a pike body and a sturgeon tail and they get to glue it together and color it and um you know so they get to make their own fish uh you know first graders are learning about the how you need food water shelter to survive and so we have a game an interactive game we play with them uh, i mean i could keep going through all five grades but um sure uh Oh, do you want me to? Oh gosh, okay. I think I, <laughs> I think I can remember it all. Um, oh, second graders, got. sorry. Whatever you've got, you know. <laughs> um, second graders are learning about life cycles, so we do on study because, and we talk about macroinvertebrates and how some of them go through incomplete versus complete metamorphism. Um, third graders talk about uh, they, you know, uh, how there's bones and joints, and so we talk about owls. Um, and how their owl adaptations, and we do owl pellet dissections with them. Um, all right, fourth graders. What do I do with fourth graders? Oh, I'm gonna have to go cheat and look at my paper. <laughs> uh, or look at my folder. Um, oh my god. Well, is this all? Is all this stuff available? I mean, not necessarily in the form of a class, but you know, if if somebody just wants to come in on a weekend and look around, is is all this stuff available to just the 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 person off the street? So the building, which is where all the live animals are held, um, currently is only open Monday through Friday, eight a.m. to five p.m. And mm -hmm. uh, we are not open on the weekends due to COVID nineteen. Sure. Um, we have a wonderful housekeeper who comes every morning between eight and 8.30 and she completely disinfects the entire building. Wow. Um, so, and, and that is why we're not open on the weekends because we do not have anybody to come in and disinfect the building. Um, right. We are, the safety of our, our participants, whether it's an organized or an unorganized activity, like coming in the nature center is an unorganized activity. The, that's our number one priority. Um, you know, we are, you know, we're, we're doing what we can to keep everybody healthy. And uh, I mean, knock on my wooden desk here. I think we're, I think we're doing an all right job. Um, well, John mentioned the, um, the owl release that was done back in December. And yeah. I think he was telling me there are more similar events scheduled. Yes, uh, we, to come up. Yeah, so um, I've been working pretty closely with Holly's Nest um, pretty much since I started here with Lake County. Uh, I mean, they're a phenomenal animal wildlife rehabilitator, uh, rehabilitators, him and his wife. Um, I got to know Kim first. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so they just got their raptor -like rehab license la this time last year. Um, and so they had been releasing, you know, when they were getting babies and, um, and raising them, they'd been releasing them like on their property or back where they, back where they were found and everything. Um, and this year they decided to kind of branch out a little bit and make it more of a public event mm -hmm. to get the public aware of what is happening to wildlife. So, um, they had reached out to me back in December, you know, back in December and they were like, you know, or November actually is when Byron reached out to me. He's like, Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to do this. Could we do it at the park? And I was like, yeah, let me, let me see what I can put together. Uh, we put that to program that event together in like a week. Um, yeah. It was very like, 
we got this. Yeah, we can do it. Um, I worked with my coworker, Cindy Castle, uh, and she's the recreation programmer. She works at the main office. Um, and she does um, pretty much all of our non-athletic stuff. That's not gymnastics, dance, pre our tiny tots program, the pools, our classes. Um, and so she very graciously helped me out with that um, event. And uh, we both think it went really, really well. Uh, so we are, um, we're doing it again, some, uh, this weekend, um, Saturday, February 6th at one o'clock, not this weekend, gosh, next weekend, <laughs> Saturday, February 6th at one o'clock. Um, and we're releasing two red tailed hawks that are both recovering from gunshot wounds. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And it is illegal to shoot these animals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we're having our former wildlife officer, uh, Todd McManus is going to come out as well. And he's going to talk about the penalties of shooting these federally protected birds. Uh, so we're really excited to have him come out and join us. And it's going to be at Let Family Park in Broadway. Okay. It's not, so it's not at Stanley. It's, it's in Broadway. We, uh, we, yes, it is going to be out in Broadway. Um, we are, you know, Holly says and I are hoping we've formed this unofficial partnership. Um, and so we're going to try to, whenever releases have to happen, we're going to do it at, try to do it at various parks, um, for a couple of reasons. But the main reason is if we release all of these raptors here at Stanley Park, it's going to cause some major territory issues between the local wildlife and these now introduced wildlife. So we'd like to Ideally, you always want to return them where you found them. Um, but the wonderful thing about birds is they can fly, so they can right. go wherever they want. Um, but we definitely want to make sure that we're not releasing too many animals in one location. So we will be releasing at Let Family Park in Broadway at the first baseball field when you come in. We are limiting it to, just like our last one, uh, we are following government state government regula regulations. So uh, masks are required for anybody 55 years and older. We're limiting it to 50 people. That's gonna be inside the area. We're doing our, our release area will be in the ball field. So if you are not one of our 50 people, just like when we did at Stanley Park, you just stand on the other side of the fence. Um, and, uh, you know, Byron Wortham will be there representing Holly's Nest, and there will be the birds. And like I said, Officer uh, Todd McManus will be there representing North Carolina Wildlife Resources Commission. Um, myself and Cindy will be there representing Lee County Parks and Recreation. Um, and, you know, we're just, at, you know, promoting promoting these animals and, and encouraging people to you know, not shoot them is... <laughs> going to be our goal for this weekend for next weekend jamie i have a question if uh if if we were um how am i going to phrase this if we were to somehow get our videographer back in town anytime soon uh could we do this thing uh where we um i don't know it's almost like I, like the Johnny Carson interact with animals. And I know you don't have like falcons for us to hold or anything like that, but could we like do something where, where uh, we show what kind of animals we have here in the County or is that something that 
would be frowned upon, I guess. We would be no, nice to the animals. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I would love for you guys to come out to the nature center. Um, so Billy, you want to hold the timber rattlesnake? Yeah. Yeah. He's as, really long friendly. As, as long as he's uh, uh, I'm non I really, really like my job. You are not gonna hold uh, the timber okay. rattlesnake. Gross. Well, I would trust <laughs> I would trust you and I, I would trust you wouldn't put something that would kill me in my hands, but uh you know, like a, a cool turtle or a sturgeon or something like that. Well, <laughs> we don't have sturgeons, but yes, it, I would. Yes, definitely. If you guys want to come out here, um, our our turtles are really sweet. Um, and, you know, our frogs are hoppy, but they're they're good. And um, and pro po sorry, possibly, probably at least partially hold one of our non venomous snakes. Um, well, you mentioned the uh, the eastern squirrel and that it uh, had that it had moods. What is uh, what is the behavior of an eastern squirrel in a bad mood like? Uh, they have a bite strength of seven thousand psi. Oh. Humans have a bite strength of five hundred psi. Oh. So wow. if he's in a really bad mood. Um, he could probably break your bones um, wow. with his bite. So I, yeah, so I, if he doesn't feel like coming out and getting in his ferret cage, then, you know, that's no fine. Dice. Yeah. Um, so knock on my, I believe this is a wooden desk. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, I have yet to have to cancel on, cancel him. Um, yeah, I'm a, but I also have to be available. If I'm not available, then then the, he, right. uh, his name is Zoolander. Um, Zoolander does <laughs> not go on programs without right. me. Right. Yeah. We uh, in our yard we have an albino squirrel. That's oh, just cool. a, <laughs> that's my Brian Fellow moment for the for the meeting. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, Byron would probably let us come see his animals too, Billy, if we wanted to. Um. So it. So with the state, um, we'd have to we'd have to check. Well, um, and that's actually something that we can I can ask Officer McManus. Um, because oh, yeah. with rehabilitation, there's a lot of things that you cannot do. Like you, like rehab animals cannot come out and do programs. They're because they're not educational animals. Mm -hmm. um, you're supposed to keep the human contact between people and or sorry you're supposed to keep the contact between um people and pets and wildlife when you're rehabbing to like almost non-existent um some animals like so your your barn owls those are the white ones that are just they're they're beautiful um they get imprinted so easily the carolina raptor center will only feed them with a they have a puppet they have a barn owl pup hand puppet that they use to feed the barn owls that they're raising oh, wow. because they imprint so easily so i'm not saying no but i'm just saying let byron kim and i look into if you guys are allowed to um because i don't want to say like oh yeah that'd be a great idea and then they turn around and be like yeah that's not allowed right. um <laughs> so uh and um 
but that's definitely something that we can, you know, we're going to see. Uh, so I say our former wildlife officer. Uh, so Todd McManus was our wildlife, I, I don't know how many years, like at least over at least like five, five uh, that he was the Lee County wildlife officer. He now uh, is in Harnett County, but um, you know, he, like I said, he's been our wildlife officer for so long. So uh, he was invited to come be part of the, owl re the hawk release on February 6th and was graciously and excitedly accepted that, um, that invitation. So uh, we can, we can definitely, I can, we can definitely re figure that out if that's something that you guys are allowed to come and do. Sure. Yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be fun if it was, if it was allowed, but I totally get it if it's, you know, not something to do. So I, I missed, I know I missed a lot, but the um, uh, other parts of the park, do you still have the paddle boats? Those were exciting back in the day. Yes. Yeah, so last summer we opted to keep our paddle boats closed because of, Gosh, I'm sure, like, I, I feel like a broken record because of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. uh, but the plan is this summer is to reopen our paddle boats. Uh, um, so I haven't heard about any price ranges. So as, as far as I know, we are still, it's going to be the same, um, which is $3 for 30 minutes per boat. Uh, and we've got some two-seaters and some four-seaters, and they are on the upper pond is where the rentals happen. The but paddle boat rental, the boat dock is right behind our amphitheater, which is just oh. off of actually the picture of the trail that's behind me. Like if you kept walking down it, you'd you'd find the, the paddle boats. Cool. Um, also, when I was there with my daughter, you had a you had a tr uh, turtle that would like follow your hand wherever you moved, and she was obsessed with it. Is it still? Is that still a thing? Because it was like the big draw when I was there. <laughs> yes, our turtles are still very spoiled and love people. So um, I'm not sure. You're describing two. So it was either Dexter, who is our yellow belly slider, or Anderson Cooper, who is our red eared slider. Anderson <laughs> Cooper came with his name, but we opted to not change it. Right. That's a good name. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, Jamie, we don't want to take up too much more of your time, but is there anything about your job or about the, the Nature Center or any anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up here? Sure. Um, so part of my job is that I am just going to do a little humble brag. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I did have to go through the uh, North Carolina environmental education certification process. And I, so not only did I, I did that, plus I also did the five-year research. So I'm working on the 10-year research as of right now. Um, and that'll be, I'll have completed that in 2024. Um, wow. And, um, and then, you know, just as a parks and recreation employee, I'm, you know, I've got to do a little, little plug about some of our programs that we have coming up, coming up, if that's Go all right. It. Go for it. So um, gymnastics is back. We're starting registration on Monday. We're really excited about that. Um, and they're do, they are limiting their class sizes. Again, masks are going to be required for ages five and up. That's, you know, that's the state, um, that's not law, state mandate. Um, so, you know, we're following it. We're government employees. We're following these mandates. Um, so, um, and classes will start in March. So we're doing one class a day, Monday through Friday from six to seven. And that's either $30 or $40, depending on what age group. Um, 
and or I shouldn't say one class is from six to six forty five, and that's a thirty dollar class. The rest of them are six to seven, and that's the forty dollar class. Uh, so Tiny Tots, which is our preschool program that we offer, uh, that registration are for our spring session. That's going to start February first, and classes will start February twenty second, and that runs four days a week. Monday through Thursday from nine to twelve, and that's two hundred twenty-five dollars for the whole for the whole session. Uh, our dance registration for our next session is coming up as well. It's gonna that registration will be sometime in February, uh, and as of right now, it's planning on starting the first week in March. But um, that it you know hopefully that won't change. Uh, we do have our a t-ball complex that we're building right now which we're really excited about yeah. um but due to the construction with that we don't really have any 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 affirmative or even really tentative plans with our spring sports because we're um you know we want to make sure our t-ball complexes are good and ready to go um <laughs> And yeah, we have my big summer program. I've, I've, I see it in the horizon. So uh, summer camp as of right now, and that, you know, all of that could change uh, in tomorrow. Um, but summer camp is still going on as of, as of right now, January 22nd. Mm -hmm. at 1124 <laughs> um so and we're gonna run it just like we did last year which is 730 to 12 15 kids um and so that way again and um and we're gonna close the building down again uh is what the plan is again that that could change yeah. um but we did not have the building open to the public last summer uh, and that was because again as i said this at the beginning our participants whether they are like registered for a program or they are just here to be here they are our number one priority and keeping them safe and healthy um, both physically and mentally is so important to not just me but our entire department um, so you know that's why we're ending at 12 to give my staff time to get everything sanitized we sanitize every day yeah. And on the weekends, uh, on Friday afternoons, we sanitize, we sanitize every single marker. <laughs> like, <Wow>. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I am proud to say we had no COVID issues. Wow. So. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. proud of, very proud of my staff and myself, but my staff, they were amazing. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. I know we had some, uh, some connectivity issues, but uh, a lot of good information and um, this will be out later today. So, uh, so be on the lookout for it and feel free to share it. Awesome. Thank you guys yeah. so much for having me. I appreciate it. So yeah, we're only four and a half hours from DC. And um, so, you know, we had people up there, we had local Republicans are up there, um, even some who are uh, arrested for their involvement in it. But uh, the big story that came out of it for us was the school board member, Sherry Lynn Womack, who, uh, who was in DC. She was part of the um, event before the siege where um, I guess it was the rally for Trump where he stood on stage and told everybody to march to the Capitol and he would be right there with him and 
he wasn't, but you know, that, uh, the, that's what all led to the, the events at the Capitol. But we know Sherry was at that. We know her husband, Jim, uh, prominent local Republican was also there. Uh, but beyond that, we don't know what they did while up there, but, um, there, uh, this came to our attention as the siege was happening there a USA Today story came out and it was one of these you know that was being added to as things happen and she gave a quote to a reporter um yeah and we just basically shared that and um I've even seen she either identified herself as I'm a school board member for Lee County North Carolina or the reporter did a quick google search and identified her as such. I would guess that it's the former because the reporter had her name spelled incorrectly. But uh, yeah, I, I will say this: you know, we I've seen a, it, it mentioned that the rant insinuated that she was a terrorist, and we did no such thing. In fact, we said the story didn't make clear whether she was part of the group that stormed the Capitol or not, so it was unknown. Um, she has since said that she did not, and there's no reason to believe that she's not telling the truth um i will say this though this we've written this kind of story before um we've written this kind of story about her before um she likes to participate in these things and as she said that's her first amendment right and that is correct but when you go to these monumental historic events and seem to have a talent for finding a reporter and giving a quote to that reporter and then you get upset when the media back home says, hey, a, a, an elected official from our area is at this historic monumental event and gave a quote to a reporter and we're just going to boost the signal. Suddenly they become very defensive and sheepish and I don't understand it. Now, uh, I don't know what she expected. Um, you know, ha- had she just not spoken to a USA Today reporter and maybe stayed off social media. I don't think anybody would have been any the wiser. It would have been expected that local Republicans were going up there to support Trump. Um, the story that she was quoted in was part of a larger story about the Capitol siege. So I think a lot of people who called for her resignation or for her to be kicked off the board assume she was part of the siege. And, you know, we never said she was. Um, I have a little bit of a different opinion on all this. I do agree uh, that she um, she does uh, have a talent for finding the spotlight for things like these. And, um, and that her ability to be a fair school board member you are certainly have a right to question that based on some of the events that she's been part of however you know we had a chance to not have her on the school board last november and not only did she get elected to the school board she got more votes than all six or eight was it eight candidates all eight candidates she 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 led the ticket yeah and and i think calls for her to be removed are um prop one probably a little uninformed because the process for removing an elected official is that's a very high bar. Um, And even though she identified herself as a member of the school board, this is what people are hung up on. 
Um, there's a citation going around of the the policy for I think speaking as a member of the board. It without a we don't have the quote we don't have in a quote form what how she identified herself. So it's really hard to say that she was speaking for the board, yeah. and as such, you know, violated policy. Um, that being said, the five of five of the other school board members, including two of her fellow Republicans, did vote to investigate whether she violated any policy with her actions there that yeah. day. Uh, we don't know what that will turn up. I'm sure we'll find out. Um, and it may very well be nothing. But going back to what you said, she, she, she has a talent for finding the spotlight. And to my mind, I think a lot of the uh, resulting firestorm was very much self-inflicted. And really, and, and, you know, as you said, all we do is uh, raise the signal, I guess, you know, <laughs> we, we take what's already been done and we just share it. And, and uh, a lot of people are blaming us for what's happening now. And that's a bit unfair, just a bit. Yeah, there's a um, there's a, a more county based blog called the Daily Haymaker that wrote a piece on this, and it didn't link to our story or the Sanford Herald story. In fact, it didn't mention us. He has mentioned us before as uh, Lee County's favorite band of snowflakes, but uh, he said that the Sanford Herald was trying to get her. The Sanford Herald and its uh, leftist followers, leftist hooligan followers, which I think maybe he was referring to us were trying to get her removed from the board. Uh, we did no such thing. The Herald did no such thing. The Herald just reported on the meeting where people showed up and asked for that. Yeah. So this whole thing is just blown out of proportion. It probably will amount to very little. Has again, the Herald even had a, oh my God, my photo bomb. scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Has the Herald had any your opinion on this? <laughs> like, I haven't seen a local uh, an opinion. I, um, I I haven't seen an opinion piece in the Herald other than um, their decision to knock the governor's mask order, which just it blew my mind because that's I mean that's that's a statewide issue and the Herald's a local paper and it'd be like us weighing in on something out of Raleigh or DC. There's plenty of other people who can offer those opinions. So that's a long way of saying, no, I haven't seen the Herald issue any opinion piece on this particular matter. I'm going to go way off topic here and get your guys' advice. Um, we moved this week, and I'm not going to go into that, but I do preface this story by saying we moved this week because this has to do with my dog. We adopted a dog, rescued a dog this year. She's not the smartest dog in the world. In fact, um, I got one we of those. Think she might be. We think she might be an idiot. <laughs> She's. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, we had a backyard at our old place. Um, right now, we are renting a place while we house hunt, and the place that we are renting does not have a backyard, so we have to walk her on a leash to take her out. For the first year, um, well, I think we've had her since COVID. So for the first three-fourths of a year that we've had her, she's used the bathroom in the backyard, but she will never use the bathroom while on a leash. We've taken her to parks. We've taken her for day-long trips. 
We've taken her many places and she will refuse to use the bathroom until she gets home and gets in that backyard. So we've are you been asking in this us, it's, are you asking us if we think you should put her down? Yes. <laughs> should I put a bullet in her head? No, 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 no. no. So uh, we've been in this house, uh, this townhouse now for more than 24 hours and she has yet to use the bathroom. I've walked oh, her 73 no. times and she refuses to do it. And, uh, did she do it just now? No, she wouldn't even get out of bed. Oh, okay. Oh. So, I don't know what to do. You're going to have to get rid of this dog. No, she'll she'll go eventually. Well, you would think. Yeah. It's 24 hours, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, our dog will not, uh, he won't do anything if we're not, like, like, if we go away for two days, he will just lay on the in his little area. He will not do anything, like use the bathroom or anything. So it happens. Okay. But eventually they'll have to, right? I mean you would think. She won't even <laughs> she won't even do number one. <laughs> like she won't even do that outside. You need you need uh Caesar because I'm no out of her. <laughs> yeah didn't Caesar like <laughs> Didn't he have a downfall? No, I don't think so. I thought he had a scandal. Oh, I thought you were. Did he get? Did he get canceled? I think he might have canceled himself through his behavior. Was it pet related? Like he he'll smack a dog every now and then. Was no, and maybe I'm misremembering this, but what's his name? Caesar. I don't know. He's got a new show and everything. Shout out, Ramon. No, not (laughs) Caesar. Romero or Augustus Milan Caesar Milan salad salad Caesar Milan let's see uh I'm pulling this up on the Wikipedia you should google it uh, Billy there's probably like lots of pages about this my dog won't pee on a leash It suggests jiggling her bladder with a little jog does the trick. <laughs> oh yeah, that might work. I well, I guess I guess I stand corrected. I maybe I had a dream you that just, the dog whisperer was embroiled in some scandal based on his personal behavior. But you're gonna have to cut that out. We'll get sued. I can't find any well, evidence of that being true, so I apologize. According to dogtipper.com, in general, when a dog won't use the bathroom on a leash, they are exerting a form of control. There are several reasons why they might go this route. It's a new place. They don't feel comfortable. They are a bit peeved and using their movements or non-movements to control you by feeling bad. I don't think this dog's that smart, though. <laughs> like, I don't think she's exerting any kind of control. Like, she just doesn't so. know where. Yeah, she She just doesn't know where. I think. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe dogs can hold their bladder for ten to twelve hours. What you You might have to take her, take her to the farm. You know what you can do is, uh, and your neighbors will appreciate this. Show her where to go by going yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. I was looking around to see if there are neighbors there, but I was I was making pee sounds with my mouth. And uh, okay, can she's you, a girl dog. So uh, can, give give us an ex- show her how to squat. So, in other big news, the the day after the uh, 
Capitol siege, um, the, the longtime sheriff of Lee County, Tracy Carter announced that he will not seek a fifth term when he, uh, is, uh, when he is again up for election in 2022. And that may seem a ways off, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the two objects have nothing, <laughs> the, the, the two, two, uh, things have nothing to do with one another, but, but yeah. Um, and so I can announce that next week, uh, Sheriff Carter will be our guest on this program. Um, Sweet. He's, you know, we could talk about his his tenure as sheriff, which goes back to 2006, and what maybe what he's uh, looking forward to doing after he retires from law enforcement. And um, he has requested to talk about the passing of Eddie Van Halen. So you guys bone, no, up, bone nice. up on your Van Halen facts. Yeah, guys, I gotta go because there's somebody at my door. But uh, um, I do want to say I want to apologize to our guest, Jamie Osborne, because uh, my internet was pretty wonky while she was while she was talking. And I've known Joey, and sorry, Joey's our dog. I've known Jamie for years now, and uh, I really hate that I missed out on a lot of that interview. So sorry, Jamie. <laughs> She yeah. uh, she she did a good job. I was the only one that didn't seem to have uh, internet issues out of the three of us. Um, but she obviously came prepared and was enthusiastic about her, um, you know what it is that she does. So um, yeah, we appreciate her being on. And and Billy has just bounced. Um, yeah, and I had problems too, and. I don't know. I guess maybe there's something wrong with the internets. And maybe we're just shaking off the rust after a few weeks of <laughs> laying in the cut, as it were, podcast-wise. <laughs> All right. Well, should we go? I guess we should. Thank you, John. Thank and you, Gordon, for carrying the load today. Give us, give us an example of, of a P sound with your mouth. <laughs> That's more of a snake. Maybe she did. Maybe she was afraid. <laughs>